In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast. I'm Ian and I'm joined by Mr. David Coates this evening to talk about all things Yeovil Town Football Club. But first, uh, Dave, did you know that we are a between six and seven rated source of news for Yeovil Town listeners, readers, uh, and now Instagrammers as well? To anybody, good evening, by the way, um, to anybody who doesn't follow the Glovers cast between a six and a seven probably sounds a bit average doesn't it but as we all know as everyone here listening knows one out of seven is the uh is the preferred method of measuring not just by us but it should be adopted worldwide I think so yeah between a six and a seven that is yeah we're at the peak aren't we we are yeah we're coming into our peak that's what we're doing yeah I just I think we need to keep an eye on next season when we do the end of season and we can do that comparison yeah and uh see how we compare season on season that'll be a good good benchmark we didn't do it last year then uh we probably did but i didn't even think to do that okay there you go sure we're already going down we're already sliding in people's estimation because of (laughs) yeah just from that yeah (laughs) Yeah. people think this is like some well-oiled machine and now we're showing them that he's just uh, three three idiots two idiots today um (laughs) just 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 winging it, but there we go. But I'm yeah, that was uh, that was nice. Thank you to the five hundred and whatever it was, Ian five hundred and fifty-two. Ian's enthusiasm to get over five hundred was um, unbridled. <laughs> having hit four hundred and ninety-nine <laughs> last year, he's very upset about that. So, thank you to whoever uh, whoever pushed us over the five hundred and beyond. Yeah, yeah. I think there was some interesting results. Yeah. From that. From the survey, I think. Yeah. I thought Chris Hargreaves did quite well out of it. <laughs> he got he got a lot more score than I gave, and I promise you that. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I think one of the things that struck me was, I mean, obviously, last season was hopeless, but uh, yeah, the the fact that the enjoyment levels across <laughs> all the age groups. Uh, were down yeah. by quite a lot. I mean, yeah, it was crap. It was a crap season. It was crap. That, that, that's your <laughs> your deep analytical summary of it. It, yeah. it was crap. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I can't disagree with um, with any of that. Um, but, uh, there probably a lot of it was was what we expected. And as much as nobody really liked last season, um, everyone's feeling a bit better about this season. There certainly seems to be a um, a good, there was a healthy number for positivity around the new owner and what um, what people felt he could bring. Was he coming in at like a five or a six, something like that? Yeah, yeah, between five and six. 
um, between five and on, six. Uh, yeah, be- club's best interests at heart and optimistic about the future. Yeah, and I mean, um, let's set it in the context of it's the honeymoon period still, and uh, we haven't kicked a kicked a ball yet. But uh, I think we said last week and probably the week before when he was on himself that there's there's not a lot you can really fault him for at the moment. Everything um, with signings and um, things happening on and off the pitch. I know you've uh, been doing your laps around Hughes Park and you've seen some uh, uh, demonstrable change, shall we say? So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, swallow yeah, the dictionary today, me. <laughs> yeah. You must be full up. Demonstrable change, yeah, full <laughs> of dictionary, me. <mate. laughs> yes, yeah, the uh, regular lunchtime lap actually bumped into Martin yesterday on the. On the lap uh, with his son, who had green paint all over his hands, uh, the marquee was in the process of being moved, and uh, you see on the uh, the video that's come out today with commercial director Mark Robinson that the marquee is visible in a corner where it wasn't before. So there's things like that going on. There's the huts that I think they were sort of the youth team huts uh, yeah. in one corner of the ground. They're gone, and it's all cleaned up and tidied. And even the walk, the pathway, the famous pathway through, um, as you come off of Abbey Manor towards oh, yeah. the, the club, Along which the is car park. yeah, which is always overgrown and a total mess. Uh, those hedges and stuff have been cut back, and it's looking a lot, lot tidier. Right, just need someone to come along with a spade and scoop up all the, the debris that's. Uh, I wondered where you were going to go with that. I wondered whether this was going to be, we're going to have to press the uh, yeah, the bleep button early, but uh, debris, yeah, we'll this go is not, not the This is not the uh, the dog walk, you know, the SSDC dog walkers, like, route no. where all the dogs go. Um, but, yeah, yeah it, there's still some stuff, but it's all stuff that we've been crying out for. Simple, easy wins. I think, obviously, the marquee planning permission stuff was all sort of last year. Yeah, last December, wasn't it? I was just looking at it when I was um, scribbling down the um, the piece um, that's on our website. But yeah, it was December that it it got approved. So we've been we've been waiting since then. Maybe waiting for a bit of good weather. Who knows? But now we've got some. That's uh, and I think that's such a like. (laughs) I, I know Martin said this on the podcast, but the fact that we have had it so dry and good down here has just meant that all this stuff has been able to be done with you know not ease because i'm sure it wasn't easy to yeah, move like a that, rotten yeah. marquee about but um for the floor was rotten wasn't it but it's yeah and i think yeah it's not quite the permanent structure that we perhaps want but it's something that Definitely wasn't there the right last, last season and, and we did say that i mean i said that last year that the fact that we were trying to do these things was you know was positive but now we've actually got that you know yeah. that going and yeah and I, I am looking forward to seeing some footballs get kicked now it's it's kind of that that, that yeah. mode you know we were crying out for the season to end and to have a <laughs> some time off and now there's this whole change and positivity and uh yeah we just want want to see some games now that although we still need some players <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 but 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 I I think um um yeah when you look at the 
the squad that we we've started to assemble there. Yeah, I say that there, there there is nothing, and as as you know, I'm I'm not afraid to criticise um, where necessary or, or where I feel necessary because um, I'm a miserable uh, curmudgeon. But um, there's absolutely nothing I can I can criticise anyone for. Kind of almost a bit disappointed um, at the moment, <laughs> but there you go. If there's Ben were here. You're exactly. disappointed that there's nothing to criticize. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What am I going to moan about? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sort it out, hell yeah. Give me something to moan about. Yeah. Uh, and go. then, you know, obviously today we've seen the video. We've, I mean, I'm sure your level of excitement about kit launch is oh. unquenchable I, right I now. I literally, if I was any more excited, I couldn't bear it, I don't think. No. Yeah. Whereas I am actually quite excited about kits. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those things that I'm. I'm about the sponsorship of parts of the stadium boards and all of that sort yeah. of stuff. It, it's, I mean, it's, I think one of the things that I took from that video that, you know, Mark said how much of a tough sell it has been uh, in recent years off the back of COVID and all the off, you know, he who must not be named, but yeah, it does feel like that momentum is totally shifted. Yeah. And and it's good that we're capitalising on that, isn't it? Um, that <laughs> that that is there. And it sounds like investments in hospitality areas. Been a while since I've been in the hospitality areas, a huge part. But that was spoken about. Say the boards. Um, obviously, Jurassic Fibre continuing their sponsorship. I think they've got another year left. So um, so yeah, um, it, it it all sounds good and more to come by the sounds of it from what Mark Robinson was saying. Yeah, yeah, exciting. And elsewhere on the, on the women's side of the club, we're starting to see announcements of signings and players. And I think we're up to five five signings now for the the new team. Um, I'm excited by the announcement this this afternoon of uh, Jess Hodge, 39 goals in 20 games. There's prolific, she isn't she? Yeah, <laughs> get 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 her in the uh, get her in the men's team. I'd say with that kind of a record. Yeah. Uh, is he is he got dodgy knees? Is he any good on a plastic pitch? <laughs> uh, yeah, can we can we pair her alongside when Reece, if Reese Murphy's out? Can we uh, can we bring her in? Maybe, maybe yeah. we'll have to see. We'll have to yeah. check the rules. I mean, if Ben was here, he'd have you know the FA ham, but right there, ready to go, and would be able know. to tell us yes or no. He would know but, the rules. Um, Do we know where where they are playing yet? As in what the what what level what tier? Do they come in? We do. I don't think we've had that information yet. Um, Obviously, the squad building's going, going on, and yeah, there was. Did you see the video of quite a few of them in a in a tunnel coming out? It was all very sort of. T. Here we go. Here's some players. No, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. No, was that on? What was that on Facebook? It was on Twitter, I saw it. How was it? Okay. No, yeah. I, I probably need to catch up with um with some of these things this week. But um, yeah. no, I hadn't so, seen that. But yeah, like you say, good um all, all, all seems to be moving in the right direction. Five yeah. players, six to go. Yeah, we've signed Chloe Davenport, uh Emily Hall, Abby Carslake, and Terry Will. There you go. Terry Will's a name I've heard. I don't know if she's a uh, she's a supporter, but I've definitely heard that name. Yeah, yeah, on the announcement, uh, she actually played for 
the youth team went back in the day okay. from like age 11 and there's wow. been all the way through the system at the club until I think until it disbanded. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And some and some of these are players, so some of these are players who played for the, the old women's team, the old young ladies, I think. I'm not sure. I don't okay. think so. I think they played for sort of the academy. I see, right. Okay. Team yeah. you, you setups of it. Before yeah. it all all folded. I think Terry might have done, but there's yeah, in some of them are some of them I think the announcements is how they were sort of inspired by that team that yeah. did so well back along before it all had to fold up. Yeah. So yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's nice to see nice to see that moving and because it feels like it's sort of, you know, it's all been bubbling under for a little bit with appointments of staff and managers and things like that. But now, you know, we're coming up to the season kicking off and and I think it's all part of everything that's been spoken about by everybody about community, isn't it? And obviously, Martin Hallier was on talking about it, and um, uh, Mark Robinson was talking about com- community. And, and, and nowadays, having a women's team isn't really, uh, you know, isn't really news anymore, is it? Because every no. football club has them because that's the right thing to do, and that's the thing that we should be doing. So it's it, it's good that we're not the odd ones out anymore, which we we have been for a while, haven't we? So um, yeah, good that we're um, we're starting to put that together and yeah, see, see how they go. Yeah. We need a, we need a, we need a Yeovil town women's um, correspondent, don't we? That's what we need. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, I'm on that. I'm on that. Are you in the process of appointing someone? Uh, I think. Have you had, have you, have have you had any? uh, I've been emailing and suggesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you put some offers out. Are you wait, you're waiting for, are you in contact talk? Are you yeah. locked in talks over? Uh... Yeah, I'm going to do eye emojis soon enough when, you know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. watch out, watch out for those. Yeah. The left back that I was going to appoint has just yeah. signed for Walsall, so oh, you know, I wasn't geez. able to, wasn't able to pull that one off. Maybe we need to get someone to start speculating about who the, um, uh, who our, uh, who our correspondents are going to be. Maybe we can Maybe. get someone to speculate. Yeah, if anyone, mate. if any, yeah, if anyone wants to, <laughs> if anyone wants to throw out wild speculation, yeah, about about who it is, then I'm I'm all for it, and then okay. they'll go and sign for bloody Walsall. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing that this came out, this was today, the uh, the new performance centre management staff. Um, I'm going to go right to the bottom because Roy O'Brien's back. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> He's a he's a name we all uh, that everybody's heard of, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, club no. legend, and uh, yeah, I think with his background, because he he was part of the community sports trust. He was he back was along, joint, wasn't he? Joint manager of them for a good while. Yeah, the community and sports trust lives locally as well, so I think yeah knows the club. Uh, yeah, I think his he's liaison officer, which is a yeah. a job. Liaising, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's involved in that, but um, but yeah, he's there, and um, I did. Uh, there's, there's obviously, uh, I know the of the community sports trust. As uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think this is the community sports trust, just under a different name, and and has been brought under the um under the club's umbrella. I'm not sure exactly how it breaks up the community sports trust. Was a charity. I I imagine 
I don't know how, and what do they call it? Elite Performance Center. Uh, it's the Performance Center. The Performance Center, yeah. So how that ties up with whether it's a charity, whether it's, I, I, I honestly don't know, but certainly the age group teams and the junior premier league the jpl squads and everything like that they were all existed right down to below under eights for the for the overtown community sports for, for years so this is kind of a rebadging um as far as i as far as i can see and it's good to see um uh, bob bob's still there isn't he he's one of them bob thomas yeah. uh, he's, i think he's one of the coaches who's on there so he's um yeah bob's been doing this for longer than he probably cares to imagine i imagine so um yeah it's good to see uh, he's still involved and then there are a few uh, other faces who i think we've we've seen at the club in the past jamie phillip who's the what's his, his title he's the he? chief executive chief executive wow they're getting big time aren't they they've got a chief executive um ceo i think we should call him yeah um uh, so he and he was the Overtown ladies manager at one point am i right I think he was at one point. Um, okay. Yeah, Ian's pulling a face like I, you could be <laughs> lying, making this up completely. But um, and Mark Challen as well was is uh, is one of the one of the team there. He was a member of the Community Sports Trust staff for for a number of years, and then I think he went and did his own coaching um, coaching company. So yeah, I'm sure there's 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 others as well. I know louis mccarton who's um he's been at the trust for for a long time he's a good lad uh he'll he's, he's still there as well doing stuff so yeah it's good to see some familiar faces some similar faces and some familiar faces coming back in roy o'brien's case <laughs> i think and i think it's i know i know you you know i know there's that whole community sports trust element of it existed before and it's like the rebadging but I think it's, I think it's important to have that formal structure, and you know, these roles actually being formalised in a way that perhaps they weren't before. They may have been, but it wasn't so overt and public. And these are the people that are doing this, that, and the other, and this is how it all works together. I think, I think probably one thing I say about the community sports trust is that they just got on and did it. Yeah, they they yeah. Did, they, they they maybe didn't have a, a, a announcement of people in the same in the same way they have here, which um, you know. But they they obviously built, um, and that is that is what this structure will be drawing from yeah. a whole set of youth uh, teams and um uh, connections with 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 parents and uh, and all the rest of it. I mean one thing and I don't know how how this is going to break up but but obviously the community sports trust as well as doing its football development they they did an awful awful lot of work in schools and um in the community um which was almost harnessing the power of football to do other things i remember they they were involved with a with a school in in, in chart i think it was around reducing a, a speed limit outside and they 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 were involved in they they used to do sessions in in primary schools with um one that sticks in my mind is they got arthur kreziak involved and it was all about um raising awareness of the of the polish community and um, he went in and they were like learning polish words with primary school kids and all this kind of thing but that 
everything that a community football club absolutely should have. And I don't know how where that is now in this whole new setup, but yeah, all of that stuff I think is is absolutely should be part of what a football club, a community football club, which is what we what we uh, uh, aspire to be. That's all of that should be should be a part of it. So whatever this new structure is and however it works, I hope that that's all still a part of whatever yeah. still exists. It's the sort of thing that it feels like it should just be a part of whatever the club does anyway. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be that separate entity that's going off and like, yeah, go off and do it. But it should be all like, I don't know. It should all just be everyone should all be doing it yeah. anyway. Well, I do think you know the what fact I mean? it but was, think... it always had the badge and it was always the Oval Town Community Sports Trust. I think it was always part of it. Mm. Uh, it was just a almost like a, like a different division. It was like they referred to themselves as the charitable arm yeah. of the football club. So I think it was it was all part of the same entity it was just a different arm reaching out into the community nice 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 metaphor there Dave. there you go yeah and i, I even reached that. my arm out not that it quite goes straight anyway he did he did do that listener that was uh that was exactly what happened uh should we call it there for part one and uh we'll be back for part two and some tactics and playery stuff yeah we've got the wrong person on board here haven't we <laughs> Welcome back, dear listeners. It's Ian and Dave still here, and we are joined by Mr. Jake Gallagher, who any of you who've been looking on social media, on Twitter in particular, will have seen doing some good tactical analysis. So as I hinted before the break, probably got the wrong person plus Ian on here to talk about it. We really should have them, but there we go. We can't have it all. So Jake, welcome to, I think it's your first appearance on the Glover's Cast, am I right? No, Dave. Second. Go on, yeah. tell me when did you in, come last time? In defense time? of Chris Hargreaves. Oh, he did, didn't you? <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. He he rated well on the Glover's Cut. I thought he did very well on the uh, survey. Anything over over one I thought was good for him. How do you feel about foolish. Chris Hargreaves now? Well, how <laughs> foolish I look now, hey? <laughs> Jake has literally got egg all over his face as he sits before us today. Yeah. True, very true. I, I was I was keen not to jump on the bandwagon of um, Hargreaves out. Um, and then I came on the podcast to defend him, and uh, in two games' time, I was I was firmly in the in on that wagon. <laughs> Get me on the wagon, yeah. Well, it was it was fine margins. Yeah, I think we. If at one point it felt like we were quite close to doing something, but yeah, didn't quite go that way did it in the end unfortunately but here we are under mark cooper now with well it feels like a bright future how do you feel about all the the change that's happened over the summer new ownership and uh the, the recruitment situation very positive i've got to be honest very positive about it um i am pleased that we're been taken over by someone who is from the area understands what what community is understands a club it's been a season ticket holder so um, I'm in a few WhatsApp WhatsApp groups with, with some, some friends and I can tell you they're probably more active than they've ever been. A few of us are quite excited. A few, a few of us have talked about getting season tickets for the first time. I've obviously been a season ticket last season, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think if we, if 
come out, I think, on the 5th of July. If that first few games are favourable to us, um, I can see some big crowds at the at the, uh, at the Hewish Park come, come out October. I, I think so too. And I think that's, we were just talking about it before you came on and the, the, the sort of community feel that's going at the moment from, uh, even from just like the media side, we're seeing so much more communication um, around, you know, when, you know, when did we ever have the commercial director come on and say, get, get in quick because I'm running out of space or we're doing this, that and the other and to have, you know, we had Martin on the other night for an hour and 40 minutes talking about everything. It's sort of, it feels unprecedented in like, not just from the predecessors, but our predecessors' predecessors as well. Yeah, correct. I think um, it's it's just, it just feels good not to listen to you guys every week talk about the person who shall not be named anymore. Instead, we're talking about, you know, signings and uh, optimistic bits and pieces. Like the questions I've seen on G- GCQs tonight are positive questions and it's not, you know, just three fellas moaning every week. It's um, a little bit more uh, jovial. Dave's trying to find something to moan. I, I, I have been, I've been looking for something, but I can't find anything anywhere. So I'm going to sack it off until the season starts and then see, see, see where we go from there. But no. But... Um, we brought you on to talk tactics anyway, Jake, because uh, you've um, you, you were explaining before we came on air that some of your tactical analysis probably lends itself more to the visual than than the audible. But um, we're gonna we're gonna give it a go, and we will put some of Jake's graphics on uh, on a page on on the website, which will hopefully um, help colour in some of the things you're you're saying. But I don't know if you wanted to maybe start off, Jake, by just maybe stating your 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 views or, or, or outlining some of the things that you've been putting in your um, threads on, on 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 Twitter. Yeah, sure. So we started with the retains list, and I just took that list of players and put them into our most what I thought at the time without an analysis, what I thought was our most played formation, which was a four-two-three-one, um, and that left us quite light at the back and quite heavy up top. Um, heavy up top, but still needing a striker or two. Um, and then since then, we have heard from Mark Cooper and he's talked about the, the Jamie Sendall's white transfer. And he, he sort of let slip there. He was he was listing his defenders and he said how we're shaping up in defence. And he didn't mention Jamie Record. And he did mention that Will Dawes could play in defence, which said to me, as Will Dawes is more of a, a winger, that we were going to play wing backs this season. Um, and I didn't. I don't think record is a wing back either. So I think he would have been more suited to a four at the back. So that's why I came up with that sort of idea that we would go to three at the back, wing backs that are playing very high, um, a little bit like maybe a Pep Guardiola, really high full backs. Um, and but to be honest with you, since then, since you know, since you asked me to come on this pod, I've. Um, sort of done a 180 and I do now prefer the four at the back um just kind of just just done some digging on um sort of who Jamie Sendall's white is and what 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 you can do as a player um same as Josh Hours and obviously the two strikers who have come in who are incredibly experienced and um I don't feel like you can leave either out 
So therefore, is this, is this really because you knew Ian's going to be upset if you started talking about wing backs? And he and he, I, cut, he cut the line. Is that what you thought? But I still like wing backs. Oh, all right, get him off. Get him off. <laughs> I still prefer a team, an attacking team in, in wing backs when it's working. Um, that team is usually quite fluid, free flowing, playing short, sharp passes, and they're usually much further up the field. And I think in that analysis I've done um, today about Cooper's style and, and what we might what we might um, play, I, yeah, like I, say, I do prefer the three at the back. But I, th- I think um, what I found is that our formation isn't going to be three at the back or four at the back, and we're just going to stick to it. Mark Cooper chops and changes and gets his teams ready for different opponents and different opposition. Um, and he plays four and he plays three and he plays a diamond in midfield. He plays the box midfield. He often plays two up front. They play one up front with two behind. So uh, that comes with its comes with its deficiencies and its disadvantages and that it just sort of you can't, you, know, you rarely play the same 11 twice and the same formation twice. And I did feel, do feel like that, that, that hampered us towards the back our season too many changes um but yeah I, i'm i'm happy to be um, argued on the four at the back and, and three at the back go on ian argue <laughs> um, <laughs> i guess i think i think what what i found last year and it was you know partly because of how all we were really was that those wing backs were always quite far back you know contrary to you know, us getting forward and playing free-flowing football, we weren't really able to do that. And I think when you look, your initial graphic that you you posted a, a couple of 10 days ago, um, you've got those high wing backs, but it still feels like we're, I, I don't know what you think about like the recruitment-wise, it still feels like we need something on, on, those, on those sides. I think we, we didn't see enough of Saziba. Uh, we've not seen a lot of Will Dawes either, and you've only got Jamie Record on that that left hand side. Um, so I think, do you feel that those points are areas we need to look at improving? And what would you look at doing? Yeah, absolutely. So if if you if you look at the four, we would our four at the back would be right now. I think you could say that Morgan Williams would be right back. If Jamie Record's still here, he's our left back, and then Staunton and Jamie Sendles White. Our, our defenders but then there's nothing else apart from Ollie Haste so there's nothing else so we are light there which again does make me feel like we're going to have the three um, just to give you some stats on uh, formations under Cooper so it was like I said it was interesting that he didn't mention records interesting that he said that Will Dawes could play uh, in defence that must mean right wing back Last season, he played more times with four at the back than he did three. He played 17 games out of 31 with four at the back. That was 55% of his games. And the other, the other 14 games, he played three at the back. We switched our defensive formation from one game to the next 15 times. So almost half of the time, the team were going out to the next game in a different formation than they were uh, previous. Um, so that's, I think it's quite a lot for a team that's trying to get into a rhythm mm. and just couldn't quite get there. I think um, I, I mentioned um, to a lot of my friends about the Dagenham and Redbridge game. It was, it was, we won 2-0. I didn't go to the game. It was, it was away. 
And after the game, Mark Cooper said, "This is we're starting to play like a Mark Cooper team. Um, and then in the next two games, just completely switched what we were doing. Um, and I remember going to the Maidstone, I think it was Maidstone, we, we drew two all. Um, we got, I think that uh, Bim and Williams scored in the last minute, so it yeah. really, killed our, really killed our season. We've, we've opened that game with three at the back and Jordan Maguire drew as a right wing back. It just didn't feel right when it, he had played in the number 10 position or the number eight position two games previously and absolutely wiped the floor with that and a Dagenham Redbridge away from home. We kept a clean sheet and Mark Cooper came out and said, this is how I want to play. So, yeah, I think the chopping and changing is what um, is throw is thrown me a little bit as a as a fan and someone who like sort of analyzes the game um, as it's happening. You try and work out where, who's playing where and um, what style we sort of trying to implement. And the, the the stats back it up in that we chop and change our formation a lot. Um, it's interesting to see that first, even even in preseason, that first pre-season game I think we're away to Buckland I'm going to go um we're going to go just to see what shape we're playing um to be honest and and, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah yeah I think that yeah like when we'd get the list of the, the 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 team sheet and we'd be thinking oh that's a back four and then they'd come out and like Ben Richards Everton would be up front or like it would there'd be some sort of crazy you know yeah like you said Jordan Maguire drew it wing back and yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that well, it feels like we need. You you go back to like the season we won promotion from League One, or the season we won the conference. It, you could name the eleven. You could name the team every week, and I think I know Mark Cooper is a likes to make changes and you know signs a lot of players, lets a lot of players go, and that sort of thing. But it just feels like any success we've ever had has always been. One to eleven, you've been pretty sure what what that's going to be. Do the two of you think that we're hampered a bit by having players that can play in different positions? I mean, Josh Thornton's been a long running thing about whether he's better in midfield or at the back. Morgan Williams seems to be able to play just about anywhere. Jordan Maguire Drew has been played just about everywhere. I think Will Dawes has played in goal for crying out loud. So, um, I mean, is there a problem that we maybe? don't know where these players are or we just uh, best positions are or is that is that a good thing to have that versatility now look it's definitely a good thing well, i think if you look at mark cooper's recruitment let me just get my list up here the players that he's brought in you mentioned sort of scott pollock jordan stevens um who else on the list charlie cooper jordan young jordan mcguire drew these are players that i think feel like you could probably say they've got they've got two positions so they could they can play They've got a favourable position that they could fill in somewhere else. And that's obviously a good thing to have um, in Wad. But it didn't, I don't think it necessarily came to fruition last season without a full pre-season under their belt, under Cooper, who, you know, when games were coming thick and fast, I doubt we were spending a lot of time on shape on the training field. So I, I do think he's, he's signed a certain type of player that can play in different positions and co- are comfortable doing that but I don't feel like um, until you get a rhythm of like five or six games in the same formation or you know you start winning games and you start believing in what the manager's doing I think that's where we like I said if, if we can get that 
those first few games under our belt of the season where we've got a, a, a fairly favourable start. We win three of our first four or four of our first five, then I can see it doesn't matter what we'll play, three at the back, four at the back, doesn't matter. Do you think we're a bit, uh, at the moment, it feels like we're a bit top heavy. I think when we ran through the midfielders the other day, we've got so many sort of, and with the addition of ours, we've got so many sort of centre midfielders and those kind of in-between midfielders and, and the attack in Stevens, Pollock, Maguire, Drew, Young, you know, Dawes, Saziba, they can all sort of, feels like they can all fill in those sort of attacking areas. Do you think Mark Cooper is going to have to move some out? in order to sort of balance the squad? What, what, what are your views there? I, I still, I, I only think we've only got three centre midfielders, really. I, I think that um, Cooper is undoubtedly our best midfielder. Charlie Cooper is fabulous. Um, Worthington will run for a brick wall. Great, great player to have in that position. And then and now ours. I don't think there are any others, really. Maybe Pollock could drop in, but he couldn't play in a two. So I think where we're top, where we're heavy... Is the area between midfield and striker that sort of playmaker y type where some of them are wide wingers, some of them are inverted forwards? You could have two of them as number eights going a little bit higher, or most of them really in previous clubs would have been the number 10. That Jordan Stevens would have been the number 10, Jordan Maguire Drew would have been the number 10. I dare say Jordan Young is probably best in the number 10 position too. Yeah, um, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like Everton all those years ago when they had, they had Rooney, Sigurdsson and uh, David Class and all number 10s playing um, at the same time. That, that, that's why also I think that box midfield I mentioned on Twitter, it allows for two of our best players, Jordan Young, <clears throat> uh, Jordan Stevens, Jordan Maguire, all the Jordans, to all be on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, That's why I feel that, that box midfield basically just allows us to have more midfielders in an area where we are heavy, but we're talent heavy too. They're good. They're good players. Mm. Yeah, and I think we'll see that at that level that they're going to be unbelievably good players in National League South. You know, they're, they're probably good for National League as well. But now we've dropped down. We're it's almost like an embarrassment of riches in in those areas. I'd say definitely. I think it wouldn't surprise me if we lost one of them, and I wouldn't surprise me if it was Jordan Stevens or Jordan Maguire Drew. I'd they're probably too good for the level. And if someone came in with a with a monetary offer, then I think it it does it wouldn't surprise me if one of them went. Um, I would, wouldn't like to see either of them go because I'd like watching them play football. I, I really like when we when we're flowing, we, we flowed maybe twice last season under Cooper for about 20 minutes at a time. But when we were, like you can see what you're trying to do, short, sharp passing, movement off the ball. And it's, it is it, one thing I would say about Mark Cooper is his teams are exciting to watch. When he gets them going, they are exciting to watch. And that's what I believe that he's going to implement, having a full pre-season at Yeovil Town with a, with a complement in his, in his squad of players that he's brought in. Um, I could speak a little bit about uh, the Cooper side before the SU Glovers and the Cooper side after the SU Glovers. And the stats suggest that they're two different football clubs, let alone football teams. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk that's, about that's, it. No, I'm interested yeah, to hear that. It was, what okay. does that say? So, Mark, this is just the Mark Cooper reign. I've taken the Hargreaves reign out of it. Um, there, are some, there are some surprising stats from the Hargreaves reign. Um, but I think I might have talked about Chris Hargreaves a bit too much in a previous podcast. So we won't... We won't <laughs> 
we won't go there. Um, so Cooper, before the SU Glovers, we were scoring just under a goal a game. We were expected to score just over a goal a game on the expected goals. We were making 95 ball recoveries, um, lots of duels we, we were winning, and we were competing for lots of lots of duels as well. And after that, we were only scoring half a goal per game. We were the expected goals was 0.7, so much less. But we were ball recoveries was less, so we were we were we were pressing less. We were winning fewer draws, so we weren't you know as, as sort of competitive in in all, in all areas of the pitch. And the and the big one, the biggest difference is the actual attempting the draws. They're 30 down per game, so you could just see. The, the fractures in the dressing room meant these players weren't playing for each other anymore. And it, sometimes you feel like in games you can, you can lose uh, a lot of jewels, but you can at least compete for them. And the key stat is that we weren't even competing for as many after that, uh, after the after the official announcement of the SU Glovers, if, if you will, which I, I believe was for the, before the Woking game. Yeah, there was the uh, the night there was the Altrincham game where like fifteen minutes before kickoff it was announced, wasn't it? Then the Woking one was the first one, and it was Eastley. Eastley, yeah. And then you had, I think it was Bromley and Southend, and that couple of games where it really felt like, oh shit, this has gone wrong. That was turbulent times. That was. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, obviously the SU Glovers were involved at the club much before that, but really the fans didn't know. And therefore, the feeling around the club wasn't there yet. I think they were involved in a couple of transfers that were, now they seem to be OK. I think Jordan Stevens was one of them that they were involved in. Jordan Stevens, Jordan Young and, and Jordan Maguire. I think they were involved in bringing all three of them in, weren't they? Uh, and yeah, Edwin, I think, Edwin Agbaji as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like Tampa Agbaji, good player. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe, though, they were players identified by Mark Cooper yeah, and signed off by SU Glovers. To be honest with you, they they yeah. feel those players really epitomise what I feel like a Mark Cooper player is, really technical, um, quite clever player, um, quite aggressive, um, and just just quite a, just a, quite an astute footballer all around. Really, yeah. I think Jordan Stevens fits in that bracket as well. After they came in, but then yeah, when you went down the, and I think even Scott Pollock to a certain extent, but unfortunately he was injured and. I don't think he was one of Mark Cooper's, but of the players that came in in that time, he was certainly one that, see, once he got his fitness, seemed to grow into it and looked like he was playing for the for the team more so than perhaps the others. Yeah. yeah. What What do you think, Jake, about obviously the the big signings of the summer so far, Reese Murphy? And, and, and Jake Hyde, obviously great great first name for one of those. Um, but do you think they're a partnership or are they a, a, a one-on, one-off um, kind of rotation up there? So I've got a friend who's a Southend fan. He goes home and away. And he uh, asked me how I'm feeling about the, 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 the signings. And I, I could feel it was a loaded question. So I just said, um, I feel like if both of them were injury-free, if they are injury they weren't blemish, weren't blemishes on their injury record. I think that one of them would have been would have been enough. But I feel like signing them both, you probably need them both because they've had quite turbulent seasons injury wise. So I feel that I feel that if they're both fit, come game one, they'll both play. You can't leave them out. 
and they'll probably play up up front with uh, uh, Stevens or Maguire Drew in behind. I'm just feeding them. But what I feel like is that they are going to be injured, and what if you because you've got two of two of them, you'd hope that at least at any given game one of them will be fit. So therefore, that's will have a sort of a pinnacle, a, a target man, if you will. Um, the, the feeling I get is a good one from both of those players. That they're men. They're, they're 32. I think Jake Hyde will be 33 soon. They're men. They've been around this, you know, been around football. They've got lots of appearances under their belts. One key issue with our squad last year um, was our the age of the squad. In the National League, we had the youngest average age of any team. And I really do feel like it showed in those last those last games when you needed like a, someone to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, someone just to do something like, I don't know, a bit different. Um, and we just didn't have that. And I think actually that the documentary that came out sort of showed that there's only three or four players really who are talking in the, in the dressing room and they were the experienced ones. And you didn't, you didn't hear from any of the young guys because they haven't been through it. They can't, they can't, they can't stand up and say, where were you? Because they just haven't got the clout in the dressing room. So I do believe that having those two players come in and Sendles White, he's, he's 29. That's, that's old enough. And he was vice captain at Welling last season. Um, that we we still need some more experience, but uh, it's a good it's a really good start, and I I'm 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 really I'm optimistic about all of our signings. To be honest with you, that's what football fans do. They sort of they pick out the good the good bits rather than the bad bits. Um, and I'd like to think that with pre-season, a full pre-season under their belt, both Murphy and Hyde can be um, fit and ready to go. Yeah, you're right. I think what you say about youth and, and and experience. I think the other thing, and I don't know Jake Hyde so well, but it's the the willingness to take on a shot as well. They saw it so many times with Linton and, and and Fisher. They'd always try and sort of pass it out. And when Linton did have a shot, just did did have a have a go. Uh, no, he did. He, he scored a few. That one at Wrexham was probably the obvious one, but there were others as well. I think. But I, you get the impression with both Murphy and Hyde that they're going to be that. They're gonna they they're gonna have a go and yeah, if you throw enough something against a wall, some of it's gonna stick, isn't it? Well, they'll, they'll take responsibility, and I think yeah. sometimes you you could see you can see it with Linton a lot. I, I do like Linton as a player on the ball, off the ball. I think his, his the cogs of his you can see the cogs going a little bit, and sometimes I feel like he didn't know, like you say, whether to pass or shoot, and if it was the right thing, even if it was the right thing to do mm. for his teammates. So. Having Hyde and Murphy to learn from, I think Linton's going to do. Um, if he should take this this year as you know a learning curve. He's obviously not going to be first choice, but to learn from two of two players with such experience, then um, it could be an invaluable season for him. Yeah, I think we. I mean, we witnessed what Murphy and Hyde could do at home, didn't we? And and Hyde away, but you know Murphy with that, you know, coming on for a couple of minutes and scoring a overhead kick and hide with that pot shot from the edge of the box. They're, they're just goals that we didn't score or come close to, to getting really last season. Jake Hyde has uh, played against Yeovil six times. He scored three times. He's actually scored against Yeovil, yeah, three times. No teams he scored more against. Um, he's played twice at Hewish Park and he scored twice at Hewish Park. If you continue that, then we'll be, uh, we'll do, we'll do well this season. <laughs> 
put money yeah. on him to be, yeah. You mentioned about um, the fact that there could well be some outgoings. I mean, where would you expect uh, in that? You mentioned that sort of central attacking midfield role. Is that is that where you you think we'd maybe lose? Yeah, I, I could see we could lose a, a couple maybe. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think it, Maguire, Drew or, or Stevens could be the one mm-hmm. because they're a similar type of player. I do like Stevens more. I think he was fitter than Maguire Drew. I think Maguire Drew wasn't fit, wasn't fit for us. To be honest with you, he only ever played 50, 60 minutes, and that was not enough to see enough of him. I don't want to don't want to see any, any of them go because I like watching them play, and I do believe that like they're they're Cooper style players. So I think they do well. But yeah, um, other than that, Zaziba. I was going to say, would you be surprised to see him go because of well, the SU connection, maybe? Yeah, but the the um, Mark Cooper isn't stupid and if he's got a good player on his hand he's not going to get rid of him because SU Club has brought him in I think that if he's brought been brought in he's actually quite impressed I think you know he'll he'll keep him keep him about the place and I I have he didn't play very often I haven't seen a lot of him but from what I hear you know lively is the word I hear you know and that's a young lively winger um who runs at players can be quite exciting so um you know if if he's shown himself in training, Cooper's not going to bin him off because it's just because Maugler brought him in. Yeah. Remember that goal he scored at Ali um Solihull, sorry, in the two all drawer up there was exactly that. Was was all about just taking the ball on and uh, obviously it was Rio Griffiths that was involved in it as well. He's not with us anymore. But um but yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I think he's fun. And Will Dawes as well. I know he's obviously had a uh, sort of a bit of an unfortunate arrival at the club, and it's not his fault where that he came from Stratford Town. But um, I'd be interested to see how he's going to perform because obviously he he has played at this level with with Oxford City, who did very well last season. So I'd like to think he he's going to get a bit of a a bit of a go. Do either of you have got more tactical knowledge in your little finger than I have in my entire body? Do you think there's a place for Will Dawes in this this system? Well. If, if we play three at the back right now, he's our right wing back, right? Because there's there's nobody else really. I mean, you could you could argue that Morgan Williams pl- could play there, but he doesn't offer a great deal going forward. He's much more, much better with uh, more of like an Aaron Wambasaka really. He's very good defensively, very good, very athletic. Um, we'll run for a brick wall for you. You won't get round him, but um, going forward, I think he just lacks a bit of creativity. And, and that we don't necessarily need the creativity from someone like Morgan Williams when you've got a plethora of playmakers on the field. Yeah, I haven't seen enough of Will Dawes to know, but I was I was shocked when Mark Cooper said he could play in defence. But that means that means right wing back, and he's he's an athletic fella, and why not? It's just it's just another attacking player. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think. I think we find those it's that versatility isn't it and I think what I said back along when Chris Hargreaves first started playing the three was it gives you the option to change to a four quite quick quite easily if you've got a centre-back that you know like Josh Staunton who can step forward it, it does give you that flexibility um, so yeah just needs to be played right and like you said, get that fluid attacking football going and not be backs to the wall trying to stop crosses with Charlie Wakefield closing things down. Yeah. Yeah. Wing backs. As long as the wing backs aren't Charlie Wakefield, they're not going to be next season, <laughs> are they? So um yeah. 
Um, I suppose at the, the back end of the pitch, uh, kind of new goalkeeper. We saw a little bit of uh, Will Buse at the end of the season before he got injured. Your thoughts on that? Grant Smith's going to be a loss, but it feels like we've got someone who's going to do all right there. Yeah, I, I actually agree with your thoughts. You mentioned the part of you maybe a couple of weeks ago about that it's nice that it's done now. We know who our goalkeeper is going to be from from game one in pre-season. It's really important that relationship between the goalkeeper and the back. Well, there's two centre halves really, but the back four certainly. So I, I'm happy with that. I'm not. I haven't really got an opinion on if it should be another young keeper or a sort of an experienced goalie to back him up. I, I'm not. Don't really care. I think Will, Will Buse has been the number one all season. And if he gets injured, emergency emergency loan, that's fine. Um, other areas that I well, you, you mentioned you mentioned fullback. Clearly, we need um, we probably need a left back. If we're going to go, we're going to go four at the back. We need someone who can play certainly centre half and maybe right back. Um, I've heard the name Mark Ellis banded around quite a lot. <laughs> um, probably too good for Yeovil Town, but um, he's played for Cooper a couple of times, so. Um, it's 34, ticks a lot of the boxes that I, I'd like to see us get, but a 34-year-old probably costs a lot more than um, a 21-year-old who's come out of an academy. Yeah, I think Mark Ellis is the one that we... Yeah. <laughs> we we started talking about him when he popped up at Torquay, didn't we, Dave? Yeah, Torquay, and then he was at York as well, wasn't he? Yeah. And obviously he's got connections with, um, with Cooper as well. And I think um, what you were saying about, and Mark Ellis fits the bill completely, um, Will Booze is still a relatively young goalkeeper, isn't he? So having Eliza Josh Thornton, Jamie Sendles, why, even Morgan Williams, who you still kind of think of him as a young player, but he has played a lot of game. Having that experience in front of him, I think is going to be important as well, because um, Grant Smith, we've had for a few years, and he was always that experienced um, head. I, I, I don't know what Will Buse will be um, in terms of, I can't imagine he's going to be balling people out in quite the same way that Grant Smith did. But um, I think it might be one of those who's makes an impression through his performances, more, perhaps more so than his, his leadership. But having that leadership and that um, strength around him, I think will be, will be really important. I think one thing we'll miss is is, is is age and experience. You're right. I mentioned earlier that our squad was the youngest last season. Right now, the squad is only a year uh, more experienced. Uh, the average age is now 20, 24.6. If you take out record, who's 31, and you take out probably... Probably Alex Fisher, because he's, you know, he's going to be injured for a long time. That brings the that brings the, the average age down again to 23.8. That is even less lower than what we had last season. So, yeah, experience is what we need. And even if it's someone who, um, you know, I, I, I suppose I'm going to say I'm shocked to see Lawson Diaz not be offered a maybe a, a rolling contract or something like that at the club, just because he's he knows the Oval Town. He, we, we're not... Perhaps we were quite heavy in the area that um, he plays, and maybe that's why we, we got rid of him. But he's just an old head, and I think um, all the players we have, all the youngsters, they're all so exciting. But they need um, they need some like sort of shepherding, and um, they just they need games under their belt. 
Yeah. When we saw the um, obviously the first season when we came down from the league, but all the players Darren Sale brought in, Lee Collins, Luke Wilkinson, Reese Murphy, yeah. Charlie Lee, all of those. It's it's those kind of been there, done it, got the T-shirt. And I think Jamie Sendles White, you've mentioned, is 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 one of those. And um, Reese Murphy and Jay Card have obviously been been around a bit as well. But yeah, once you go past that, yeah, you're struggling a bit to name. Too I, mean, much I always think, I always think that Josh Staunton is experienced player, but you forget he's 27. Yeah, and um, he plays like a you know experienced. He plays like Leonardo Bonucci sometimes. It's just so good to see. But he's only he is only 27. He's coming into his prime, really. He, yeah. You could easily suggest he's 30, 31. The way he plays and the way he talks on the on the pitch, the way he leads. Um, but yeah, he's only 27. And um, after that, Charlie Cooper's 26. You can definitely see some leadership qualities in Charlie Cooper. I really, really like him. Um, Matty Worthington's obviously been around a long time now but at the club, but only 25. Still, still young for a footballer. Should we? Is there any other nuggets that you've sort of picked up on that you you wanted to share before we go into the gcqs i just want to mention about we haven't mentioned josh hours um and i think um he's actually going to be a, a bit of a diamond for us this season he's he, he's a tidy footballer he didn't get enough of a chance at yeovil i think bristol city they recalled him um i don't know if it was a lack of communication i can't remember what they put the what the um what the reason was but yeah I did I did like Josh Hours one thing I would say he he needs to stamp his authority on games he's only 21 he sort of games are bypassed him I've been on Y Scout a little bit just to see how he played in that York game he, he played I think sort of 80 85 minutes for us and the game bypassed him it didn't bypass Charlie Cooper Charlie Cooper was busting into tackles and in the referee's ear but Hours didn't quite get there but I can see that he's a tidy player, and I, I, be, I believe he'll be a, a, an able deputy to the likes of Worthington and Cooper in the middle of the park. Yeah, I think he's one that I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited that we've managed to get him as well. I think he's, like you said, it, those games bypassed him. We didn't see enough of him because, for whatever reason, he had he, he was recalled by Bristol City. But um, I think it kind of goes in that sort of semi-local mantra that Mark Cooper's talked about and yeah just know some of the players has been part of the dressing room for a couple of weeks and you know they know what he's about too yeah and it's a position that Cooper and Worthington in there unless you get someone like who's proper gravy and not probably not going to displace either of those two players who Hmm. is going to be a younger player every player we've signed can't be 34 and have 30 200 appearances under their belt so I think it's a, it's a sensible signing and um, one that will by the end of the season we'll think actually that was a, a stupid bit of business yeah and, and you know if, if you know fingers crossed all goes well this season it's another an, young player that can make that step up to the next level and you know as we often see from National League South to National League once you've got a bit of momentum things you know, you, things go quite well. Agreed. Great. Anything else from you, Dave? Or should Nothing we, from me. Should we take I've, some I've, questions? I've, I've already um, tried to pass myself off as some kind of having some kind of tactical knowledge, and it's all the fast and it same. <laughs> and, and I and I forgot to put the GCQs on on Facebook as well. So oh, that's fine. Today. That's okay. Jake, you want to stick around for some GCQs? 
Indeed, let me get them up. I'll, I'll, I'll um, do my best. I've noticed that some some fella called Hellier has been answering most of them. So uh, maybe <laughs> we need maybe we need to get him on. <laughs> I think as he he's answered the streaming one, hasn't he? Dylan Moore's asked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know if the club plans to stream any of the pre-season games and then followed that up with a uh, subscription service for uh, the other games for the National League South? And I think Martin's responded that there are plans for the yeah. National League South. And they did say that at the AGM, didn't they? That they were they were planning to do it because of the success that they saw of the um, of the National League Premier last season, that they were looking to do a lot more National League South and National League north games as well which is uh, is good some bloke called ben barrett has said uh someone 250 miles plus away from uh from any venue will play it next season this makes me happy so um i think yes ben barrett's 10 will be uh, uh will be a viewer i've heard <laughs> Can I just that? say the other, the other day when i said you were a friend of the show yeah and you got a bit arsy about that how do you think ben's gonna feel about you saying some bloke some bloke called Ben Barry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That'll I, land well. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if I got asked. You think Foxy and 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 Ben got asked you on my behalf, didn't they? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dexter Tyson uh, says, "If you were the manager of YTFC, would you wear a suit or a tracksuit on the touchline? Also, do you think you would follow the Big Sam approach and chew gum for the whole game?" I'm going to put this one to Jay because I think he's be a far better manager than I would. I'd wear the, I wouldn't wear a suit, I wouldn't wear a tracksuit. I'd just wear the sort of what you just sort of, I actually think what Mark Cooper wears on the touchline, little gilet, like weather, <laughs> weather dependent clothing. Could you not go with a, a turtleneck? I could see you with a turtleneck, actually, Jake. Thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the Darren Way shirt and jumper combination. No, no, that's, that's a not bit, having, He's not a having that. A bit geography teacher, that. <laughs> Bit, yeah, and, we've and, had a few managers who didn't haven't had quite the sort of the touchline style, have we? Like Russell Slade didn't quite pull anything off. Um, he, 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 he wore a, baseball a good cap. baseball cap. Yeah, he did wear a good baseball well, cap. Oh well, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I actually would wear sort of something similar to what Mark Cooper wears. He, he dresses well. Okay. What about you, Ian? Uh, not a suit. No. I'm, I'm kind of the same it's somewhere in the between like i don't want i'm not a tracksuit tracksuit manager i mean i like a, a pre-season when managers all rock up in a tracksuit and then once the when the real stuff starts happening the tracksuit's away and it's uh you know different attire um but as for chewing gum no nah, i'm not, not how, I, how can i'm not a fan of it? chewing gum yeah i'm not a fan of chewing gum i'd have a mint i think <laughs> Maybe, maybe, mints, maybe, so. an, maybe an extra strong mint or something like that. You know, something <laughs> to to stir the senses. Tic Tacs, like motivate. Yeah, them along. There you go, Tic Tacs and tactics. That's what you need. Uh, this one from Robin Batchelor. Jake's already touched on actually. For number two goalie, do we want a lone player, a young goalie on a permanent, or a more experienced keeper to mentor Will Views? I'm not uh, bothered. Either. I'm not bothered. Either. <laughs> Particularly, no. um, you know, I'd uh, I'd have someone, uh, not 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 in the that they necessarily need cost cutting, but somebody who could maybe have that um, uh, coaching role. Not suggesting Phil Osborne's out of a job, but somebody who could be a bit more 
more more of a coach to him. So the just, John Sheffield, the John Sheffield. Yeah, type. John Sheffield. That's a good that that is a that is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Because Chris Wheel always talks about what John Sheffield did for him, didn't he? So yeah, someone who can come in and be a quite a competent goalkeeper. I don't know who this person is, by the way. I haven't got any idea, but um, uh, but yeah, somebody who could be a, a good goalkeeper, but equally could pass on the torch of knowledge. Will Buse is obviously 21. He's fit enough to play every single game. You don't need to rest him for the Somerset Cup games. Just, just if you need if you need a backup goalkeeper to be on the bench, like just, just go and get any any old Toby. <laughs> any old Toby. There we go. Um, uh, London Green Dave says, "Why do we never get a decent home friendly?" Surely we could get a big club at home just once, but I can't remember the last decent friendly we've had. They all go yeah. abroad now, don't they? The big, you know, Premier League clubs are all... Yeah, you go back a while since Dan Collymore was uh, rocking it for Fulham, wasn't it? That's a while <laughs> this ago. Se- this season we've gotten a few home games no, because no. the stadium oh, is being sort of renovated, right? Newport, is it Newport? The Newport only one. Newport at some point, yeah. yeah. Oh, Dor- no, Dorchester is at Dorchester, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know really. I mean, we're the. I guess. I guess there's that whole travel thing, in in terms of you know staying local for us and and going away and you know going. It's kind of like team building, isn't it? You know, going on these little trips and that sort of stuff. But I, I don't know really. It, is that one of those things? That I just think the bigger teams it's more lucrative for them to go and do other things. And even probably in the championship, you know, they probably, you know, what benefit do they get from playing a team in national league South? (laughs) You do often get those like second 11s, don't you? Like under 23s or whatever sometimes. Newport is a fairly big game for us now, given we've just gone down. Um, I think they obviously wanted to have one home game so that fans could come and see the renovations to the stadium and then tell their friends about the renovations to the stadium so that we can sell more tickets, more season tickets. I think it's a fairly uh, solid strategy from the club. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Martin Lee says, you are decking out the new YTFC, uh, YTFC bar. What one cider, one lager, one spirit, and one soft drink are available? Cool. What would you say? Uh, it's a bit controversial. We don't drink cider. <gasps> No. Unless I'm at Glastonbury Festival, which I'm clearly oh, not. Oh, don't, Jake, don't. Um, so, yeah, don't drink cider. So you, you guys can take that one for, for me. I'm definitely. I'm not. I'm not a big cider drinker either. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna turn it. I'll over take to this Mr. one. Then. Yeah, let's. We'll go for. We'll go for Burrow Hill. We'll go for Burrow Hill cider behind the bar. Sorry, Thatchers. Never heard of it. <laughs> well, you know the cider bus at Glastonbury, Jake. Right, yeah. I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Barrow Hill Cider. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I tend to avoid that, but it's yeah. just, it looks like it looks like a nice environment. It is, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not bitter about it at all, to be honest with you. Neither am I. Um, you can take the lager ones then, because I don't drink lager. I love a cause. I'm a fan of a cause. There you go. going to nail my colours to that mast. That is the <laughs> hill I'm willing to die on. I'm going to go old school. I really like a Stella Artois. Oh, really? You've got to say you've got you've got to say Artois as well. If you just say Stella, 
Yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a Glastonbury story. One year when I went to Glastonbury, I was uh, uh, we were um, in the in, in the middle of the night. Well, I say the middle of the night. It was uh, early morning, maybe like four or five o'clock in the morning. I was awoken to the shout of someone walking through the field I was in, shouting at the top of his voice, uh, selling Stella Artois. He goes, Stella Artois, Stella Artois. It sounds French, but it's actually Belgian. And that was his that was his little line as he went through. So that's why I was thinking when I think of Stella Artois. I mean, Spirit. Hugh is going to be livid at these choices of drink. Who is? Hugh. Hugh is Hugh. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, busy, yeah. Busy piss or whatever he calls yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, he hasn't got a real ale in here, so he won't like that. <laughs> he won't like that at all. Spirit, the only spirit I can really drink is vodka. I can't, I can't really, yeah. I've got an aversion to whiskey and brandy based on drinking it at a very young age and making myself very ill. Um, so, yeah, can really only do vodka. Whiskey for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Kraken. Kraken dark rum behind the bar. Oh, <laughs> Danger. <laughs> and uh, soft drink. I'm just gonna go lemonade. I'll have a Coke Zero, please. Yeah, lemonade's fine. Yeah. 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 Cool. There we go. <laughs> All right, Martin. Oh. Martin, <laughs> you have to tell us which one you have. We want to know what you want as well. Yeah. Uh, almost a pro pilot says, what do you think about the YCFC women signing so far? Who do you think will be the next person to leave YCFC? And on the same branch, who will be the next person to join YTFC? Uh, so we did touch on the ladies signings before you joined us, Jake. And I was quite excited by the fact that uh, one of the girls has scored 39 goals in 20 games. Uh, that's, that's a good, good record. Um, yeah. Hard to know what to say until we see them on a pitch, but just quite happy that we've got, a ladies team that definitely had to represent the club going forward. Uh, next to leave, we completely agree. Next to leave, we've kind of we've nailed yeah. our colours to a couple of players. I, I personally, I think, I think we'll see Saziba go before Jordan Maguire, Drew, or or Jordan Stevens if bids come in. I just, yeah, I'm just not sure there's a future there. Yeah, I think it'll be one of those um, attacking midfield players like you know, you've already said, but probably more depends on... It could could end up being a bit of a... And sorry to bring it up again, Ian, but a Tom Knowles situation in as much as um, could get close to the start of a season and a football league club could go, oh, we need someone a bit like him and then come in and, and pluck him away. Mm. Uh, next person to join. You got any names on a list, Jake, that you think might might be on the horizon? Do I dare? <laughs> um, I did make a thread about players that played for Mark Cooper before that we might be looking at. So I can go for a couple of them. One is James Morton. He was on loan at Forest Green, released by Bristol City this summer, played at Bath City last year centre midfielder, but probably got hours now. He, that was probably the hours position. Um, we mentioned Mark Ellis. There's a fella from Ebbsfleet, plays at the back, called Hayden Hollis. I'm not sure if he's on New Deal yet. Um, he was in a promotion winning team, but he played on the bench. Um, he probably looking for first team football. So maybe he's not quite right. And there's a, he was there's at a, Forest Green as well, wasn't he, Hayden Hollis? Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was um, Cooper time, but yeah, that was Cooper time. Yeah, these are all Cooper 
these all the, all, all the ones I'm mentioning are Cooper. Oh, um, okay. And the, the other one um, that definitely hasn't signed anywhere, and he is far too good for our level, but Jordan Moore Taylor, left footed centre half. That is that is gold dust. But Jamie Sandals White is not left footed, but he is certainly a left sided player. So we probably got that position. But if, if we were able to ever sign someone like that, like just bite their hand off. He's, he feels like he might be at an age, if he's settling down, he might want to go closer to home. He grew up in Exeter. Maybe maybe I'm dreaming. We need another Jordan. If, there's, if we're going to lose a Jordan, especially <laughs> yeah. a, dull, a double-barreled Jordan, the, you know, the least we can do is get another, another one back in. The, the other one I've got on the list, and it's, it's, not, it's, it's not exciting, but it's Ryan Law, who played for us last season. He was released by Plymouth, and we are very short in fullback area he was and he was signed by Mark Cooper so Mark Cooper saw something in him um and he he, he didn't set the world alight but do you need to at left back tell that to Anthony Tonkin <laughs> <laughs> uh last one from Jonathan Adams uh what would you like to be the first game of the season home or away and against who Going away to Hemel Hempstead Town because it's probably the most northern game that we've got. I think. Yeah, for for me, you could go down the route of local derby and try and get as many there as possible. But I think let's have Avely at home, beat them seven nil, and uh, gonna, we'll the Avely manager is going to write this out because he can't <laughs> print it out, and he's going to pin it up in the dressing room and just go, "That's your motivation, lads." We can do what he likes. <laughs> Whoever he is, <laughs> we can do what he likes. <laughs> yeah, that big club, little club story. It's like when Wigan got promoted to go against Chelsea and Crespo scored in the like 90th minute. I do remember that, yes. But yeah, I think that's, you know how, you know how the fixtures are definitely not random and like they're, they're absolutely fixed. Those first fixtures, I think that'll be, it's a good shout. And it's, you know, A versus Y. So alphabetically, you know, but our part two. That's it. That's it for the questions. Thanks, very much, for, thanks very much for joining us again, Jake. Yeah, thank you, Jake. Appreciate no that. Anytime. Enjoy these. Fantastic. We enjoy them too. Absolute pleasure. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trotko. 